This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gunungurra and Tharawal nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their Elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Westwards podcast for today, July the 31st, 2021. I am James Roy. I'm the, the host. I'm also the producer at Westwards and I'm also sitting in my hammock. I'm right now sitting in my hammock in my in my front yard in, in Hazelbrook. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. You can hear the birds in the background. Uh, winter in the Blue Mountains is beautiful. A lot of people think it's really grim and, uh, and, and bitter but it's actually quite gorgeous and so that's where I am right now. I expect we'll all be spending a little bit of time, as our motorbike goes past, we'll be spending a little bit of time uh, in hammocks and, and whatnot over the next couple of weeks, next few weeks, because Sydney is still in the depths of lockdown. Oh boy, here we go again. Uh, it's last year all over again. So if you are listening to this from Western Sydney, do the right thing. Follow the instructions you're supposed to be following. Don't do anything silly, and let's get through this uh, in due course. Well, th- I guess today I, I will talk a little bit about some of the programs we're offering that are useful to people in lockdown, not just programs, but also products and, and assets and so forth. We're also going to wish a happy birthday to a, a writer who has uh, rightly or wrongly been credited with giving a whole generation of young people a love of reading. This writer is also a frequent answer to a number of trivia questions, such as, who is the biggest selling author of all time, and who was the world's first billionaire author? So I wonder if you can guess who that might be. But as I say, there's also some opportunities, also some massive news. So why don't we, why don't we kick off with the massive news, and then we'll move on to the birthday. So the massive news is that we have been, Westwards, and also our executive director, Michael, Michael Campbell, have been again nominated for awards in the what we call the Wasabi Awards, which is W-S-A-B-E, which stands for Western Sydney Awards for Business Excellence. And we, we won, we were shortlisted for these same two awards last year, the, the Commonwealth Bank Excellence in Arts and Culture category. And we won that last year, and we're in the running for it again this year. And also the Outstanding Business Leader uh, sponsored by the AAA City Removalists, uh, and they're the category sponsor for that one. And we were shortlisted for that last year. That was a funny old event last year because it was just as we were starting to be allowed to be in the same room as other people, but there were limits on how many people could be there. So it was held out at Rose Hill Gardens Racecourse uh, out near Parramatta there, and uh, it's a pretty, a pretty flash kind of. Uh, Venue, we we've got to see the see the horses do their thing, and then we all went inside. But because there were limited numbers to how many people we could have in a room at any one time, they actually had two rooms. Uh, the there was Hall A and Hall B, and we were in Hall B, I, I think. And so the uh, 
the compere would come over or the MC would come over to our hall and speak from the podium on our side and would, they would announce the winners and then they would hand out the uh, the award to the for the category winners and so forth and then they would they'd do three or four categories on that side and then they would go over to the other side and we would watch on a big screen and we were in hall B and we were the we were the naughty kids. We kept getting told off by the people for being noisy while other people were talking in the next hall. It ended up being <laughs> it was a bit like a, a bit like a last day of school. Really, everyone was just a little bit wound up and excited. And uh, we we started to play the numbers game, going okay. So there's four, four more categories, and each time they announce five categories in this hall, and we're in the group that's going to be in the other hall this time. So I guess we're not going to win that one. And and that was sort of how it worked out for the business leader award. But then we managed to jag the big one, the Excellence in Arts and Culture Award. So that was really thrilling. Uh, and we got to have a, we got a trophy and we got our name in the news. And it's also a massive uh, recognition of the way we do what we do. So we're really proud to have won it last year, won one category and been finalist for another. And then we had the great news this week that we've, we've done the same this year. So the announcement is gonna be in uh, November. But for now, we're feeling f very proud of ourselves that we have managed to once again be named as finalists in a, in a field of over 400 entrants, mind you, for the Western Sydney Awards for Business Excellence. So congrats to us. <laughs> I think it's, it's probably a, a, a reflection. Well, we feel it's a reflection on how we operate, how we do what we do, how we're managed, and the passion that we bring to our work. So thank you to Wasabi for for nominating us and for making us finalists and um, we'll keep our fingers crossed for November. So let's get to the birthday for today, the 31st of July. I did mention at the beginning that this person uh, has rightly or wrongly been credited with giving a whole generation of young people a love of reading. Now that should have been all the clue you needed. Although no, actually, I'm, I lie. There's a lot of people who have been uh, given credit for that, uh, both from Australia and overseas, if you go back, I suppose, to uh, Roald Dahl was probably one of those, uh, but it's not Roald Dahl. Although Roald Dahl does appear in a lot of lists with this person. This person is also a frequent answer to a number of trivia questions. Who is the biggest selling author of all time? That should give you the clue. And then who was the fir world's first billionaire author? And that actually came up in our trivia not that long ago, that, that exact question. Now, of course, the person we are talking about is J.K. Rowling, Joanne Rowling. J.K. Rowling is 56 today. Happy birthday to Joanne. Harry Potter is considered the, or is not considered, it is uh, the biggest selling book series in history. 500 million copies. 500 million, that's, that's nuts, isn't it? It's not the, the Philosopher's Stone, which is the first book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, is the second biggest selling book of all time. It comes in just behind uh, The Hobbit, in fact. But because of the seven books in the series, plus the, plus the offshoots, uh, the Harry Potter series is considered the biggest selling uh, book series of all time. There's also the movies, of course, and she had approval on the scripts and was produced on the final films. She writes crime fiction under a different name as well, Robert Galbraith. And it's interesting because J.K. Rowling is really victim, I, I hesitate to use that word, I suppose, but she is part of uh, the whole rags to riches narrative. People like to believe this. And I've read an article where she talked about this. She said that there were three myths that were uh, created around her, I suppose. And that they were, in fact, all exactly that. They were myths. So the first one, of course, was that she uh, 
was starving and she had a kid and she was she was on desperate times and so she decided to write a best-selling book to pay the bills now and she says well that's ridiculous because what kind of fool thinks that oh I'll just go and write a best-selling book that will put on solve all my problems because if you could do that everyone would just do that wouldn't they so that was the first myth the second myth and, and because she at the time she had a job as a teacher I think the second myth is that she said people say I lived in a rat infested hovel she said I didn't live in a rat infested hovel I lived in a flat uh, that had a few mice in it from time to time but that was another myth that people like to to spread about me and the third one is that she used to write in coffee shops because she couldn't afford to heat her flat and she said no I, I wrote in coffee shops because I, I just happened to like coffee now of course the version version of this that she's giving us could have its own bias and its own slant I suppose but it's just an interesting thing to think about that what we tend to do in in this world of, of art, arts and creativity and so forth, is we often fall victim to the whole rags to riches myth. And you, but of course there are all these wonderful little narratives around the way people write. And, and for example, John Grisham, who wrote all the uh, Pelican Brief and the, the Firm and Time to Kill and all these wonderful lawyer books, he was a lawyer who went and wrote in his car at lunchtime on, on yellow legal paper. The other thing that J.K. Rowling talks about is uh, she, she says she's not a, she wasn't a billionaire, even though Forbes said that she was the world's first billionaire author. She said she was not. And then Forbes reported that she lost her billionaire status after giving away most of her or much of her earnings to, to charity. And she has been a very charitable person. She hasn't been uh, immune from controversy. She's had a lot to say in the last few years about about trans rights and related civil rights uh, and they've led to massive controversy she's had some pretty scathing things to say about about c.s lewis along with a whole bunch of other people uh, philip pullman had a few things to say about c.s lewis as did uh christopher hitchens and and various others but the main difference between them is that when push came to shove she revealed that she hadn't actually read the books so that's a little bit of a dodge isn't it but there's no debating the fact that, that J.K. Rowling has had a massive influence on, on the world in terms of the stories that we love and the stories we tell. But I think there's one more thing we should be really wary of here. And one of my favourite authors from my childhood was Ursula Le Guin, who wrote A Wizard of Earthsea and also wrote a fantastic short story that I encourage everyone to read. It's a real parable, in fact, called The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas. But she was asked at one point because she wrote a story about uh, a boy who goes off to become a wizard and his name uh, the name of the book was the wizard of earthsea and she was asked uh, do you get envious of jk rowling and her success and she said i don't get envious good on her she said but i do get a little bit disappointed when people say that harry potter was an amazing original idea because i was putting kids in wizard school 40 50 years ago and she's absolutely right. But as I say, what is completely uh, un unable to be debated is the influence that J.K. Rowling has had on popular culture. And it's also raised a, a, a little bit of a controversy at one point because a lot of people were being shamed, adults were being shamed for re reading Harry Potter. You know, people would be seen on the train 
reading Harry Potter and people would go, oh, you know, why are you reading a kid's book? Why don't you read a, a book that's written for you? Which to, I think to most of the people listening to this podcast, if you have any interest in storytelling and, and creativity, you'll be the first to agree with me to say that <laughs> what you enjoy reading is no one else's business. If you enjoy reading Mr. Men books, if that's what gets you through the day, then you know what? Fill your boots. Read whatever you like. Write whatever you like. The funny thing to me, though, is that a lot of this uh, controversy around these things actually only helps the book itself. I've often joked that I wish somebody would ban one of my books uh, because that's almost a guarantee, <laughs> almost always a guarantee of, of everybody rushing out to buy it. Now, I think the thing about Harry Potter is that when people saw news footage of hundreds of kids queued up around the block a day in advance of the release of the next book, wearing their outfits and so forth, all that does is generate the mystique or, or further bolster the mystique of the book. And so that's, uh, that's something else to be discussed at some point, I suppose, is how you generate that buzz around your work. Good buzz that makes people rush out and buy it. Most people makes people talk about it, makes people share it, makes people hand sell it, makes people ask you whether you've read the latest book X. It's where we all want to be as creators, of course. And the very last thing I'll say about Harry Potter... I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not a massive Potterhead. I don't particularly go for them. I thought they didn't, I thought they, uh, they petered out a little bit after about book three or four. But personally, I think that uh, they are a masterpiece in planning. I often, when I'm talking about writing with young people, I often talk about how planning is something that is often oversold by teachers, that I think there is a place for taking an idea and just running with it for a while. But when you look at the structure of the Harry Potter series, and there's seven books in that series, and every one of those books has its has its arc, it has its state, it has its three acts, it has all the elements of a strong story, and each book has that. But then, overarching the entire series of books is this much bigger story with its own arc and its own acts. And I think, from that point of view, it is an absolute masterpiece. So happy birthday to Joanne or J.K. Rowling. May the phoenix feathers in every one of your wands remain potent and, uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to make up something that sounds weirdly wizardry, wizardy, I guess. So happy birthday to J.K. Rowling. So after that fairly lengthy riff on J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter books, let's get to some of the other news that we have to share with you. A couple of really important things that I'd like to share. One of them is that the residency application date for the Westwards Varuna Emerging Writers Residential Program has been extended by a week. We don't normally extend these things, but with the, all the nonsense and craziness going on around COVID, we felt it was probably good to give people a little bit more time to get that in. So what is the Westwards Varuna Emerging Writers Residential Program? It is for people who identify as diverse, so that could be ling linguistically diverse, it could be people living with a disability, it could be uh, culturally diverse, it could be LGBTIA+, it could be, you name it, but uh, there are some guidelines there. But basically what it is, is a week at Varuna. And I mentioned earlier how lovely it is here right now. Well, Varuna is just up the road and it is just as lovely. The program also comes with uh, personalised mentorship. Last time, our mentor was Wei Chim, who currently is ripping it up on, uh, on Survivor Australia, just for a little bit of a sidebar. 
at least she was last time I watched. I think I watched up to episode four and she was still there then. So who knows? But anyway, so Wei Chim was our mentor and this time we'll be choosing a mentor who is equally uh, suit, well suited to the people who are, are selected. Now there is a good chance with our current lockdown things happening that it may get held over or it may, get, uh, may not be able to be held. In which case we will find a way to support and engage you if you're one of the four people selected. So go and have a look on our, on our uh, website, westwords.com.au and check out the Varuna Emerging Writers Residential Program. There's some fantastic uh, people have been through that particular program and uh, you or someone you know could be next. So please get on that, but it's uh, a week from this coming Monday, it's going to be closing, so get on that. The other thing we wanted to mention is that on our newsletter, we have uh, something to say about our professional learning programs. If you want to get on our uh, newsletter, I recommend you go to our website and, and subscribe. And there's a case study there about a school that we've been working with. Uh, so the person to contact about that would be Cheryl, Cheryl at Westwords, that's S-H-E-R-Y-L at westwords.com.au. She's our school program manager. Or just go to our website and, and subscribe to the newsletter and we can share that case study with you and talk about what we can do to, to assist because it was in the press this week that the standards of creative writing in our schools are declining. Well, that's not a surprise. Any of us who have worked with students or have kids or have uh, had any kind of interest in this area, teachers, will know that this is the case, that creative writing standards are declining. NAPLAN is showing us that. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole NAPLAN good or bad thing. I have an opinion, but I'm not going to say what it is. But the, uh, what NAPLAN is doing is showing us that creative writing uh, standards are slipping. I see it myself when I go into classrooms. And so uh, I think it's a good time to be looking at how we can educate teachers and share with teachers how better to engage that side of uh, the creative writing. By their own admission, a lot of teachers don't really get, understand creative writing as well as they could. If you're one of those teachers, we'd love to help you. So get in touch with us via our website or via our email. I just want to also very quickly mention that we have a very exciting guest coming to our clubhouse. The clubhouse is the kids uh, part of our website. It's for stage two, three, four, so what we call middle grade students. And the clubhouse has a guest blog. It also has a whole bunch of videos, there's some readings, there's some workshops, all sorts of cool things on there. But there's also the guest blog. And yours truly is currently the guest at the guest blog, but coming up in well, tomorrow is R.A. Spratt, Rachel Spratt. He, she's a brilliant mind behind the Pesky Kids, Friday Barnes and Nanny Piggins series of books. She's a TV writer. She's a very funny lady. She's a hugely engaging writer for young people. She engages really well with kids when she presents. She has a great podcast called Bedtime Stories with R.A. Spratt. And she gets the, club, the keys to the clubhouse tomorrow. So go to our website, westwords.com.au. Click on the link for the clubhouse Show your kids where it is because it's going to be a lot of fun this month with R.A. Spratt getting on there, sharing how she does what she does and uh, engaging with young people who are interested in writing. Not just funny stuff, but high quality drama as well. All that, all that stuff is what Rachel writes. So uh, 
If you've got a young person who's a bit stuck for something to do during these lockdown times, that might be a really good place to send them. I want to very quickly go back to opportunities. I mentioned these in the last podcast, but this is still the case. So we've already talked about the Westwards Varuna Emerging Writers Program. The Emerging Writers Fellowships are still open. They're open for, let me tell you when the closing date for those is. The closing date is the 16th of August. And so that's about a week after the, after the uh, Varuna one closes. Get on that if you are a person who's in your first five years of practice, if you're from Western Sydney, if you have uh, an engagement in Western Sydney, if you've lived here, if you were born here, if you were raised here, if you've worked here for a while. It, in, it includes $4,000 to support uh, your writing practice and personalised mentorship. So we will choose someone for you. And I, my, my computer's gone bing and the one of the uh, video workshops from one of the last crop of Fellows has just landed in my in my inbox, so I'm going to have a little bit of work to do to edit that together. But you can find the videos that each of the fellows have made by going to uh, our Westwards official YouTube channel, Westwards official one word, and look for Wise Words, which is the name of the suite of videos that the fellows have been putting together. And finally, uh, the Pinarolo Illustrator Residence for illustrators, uh, children's book illustrators. Pinarolo is in Blackheath and the dates for this are a little bit rubbery. There's a bit of negotiation can be made. Uh, it's not limited to artists from Western Sydney. It's for early career picture book illustrators and you get mentorship with the wonderful Margaret Hamilton who is a, an absolute doyen of the industry and full of amazing information and experience. Uh, also on our, on our YouTube channel, we've got our latest in, of the readings uh, in, from uh, this, this week or this fortnight. This week it is from Amber Jacobin, who has written a book, House of Diamonds, published by Lorikeet Press, and she's doing a reading of her book. There's also Poets Corner with Michelle Seminara, who is a poet and editor from Sydney. She's twice been nominated for a Pushcart Prize and has appeared in pretty much all the journals. So she is part of Poets Corner, which can also be accessed via our YouTube channel, Westwards Official. And I think there's one more. Oh, that's right, the Westside Poetry Slam. They've had their second birthday, Zoom meeting, party, anniversary, celebration, whatever you want to call it. That's also on our YouTube channel. Uh, the people from Westside Poetry Slam, they tell us that anything can be poetry. And so random audience members take part. They also have a guest most times. And it's a bit of an open mic night and we get the highlights up there on YouTube so you can go and enjoy. But you can also join it live. Uh, all the details are on our website. There's a couple of general opportunities for people who are writing. SBS Voices has a competition coming up, Emerging Writers Competition, uh, as well as the Blacktown City Council Merrill Creative Writing Prize. And that uh, is open until the first week of October. So get on our website to find the links for that. There's a prize pool of $1,600. And anyone over the age of eight can or eight and above can enter but you have to live in the blacktown city lga and the last thing i'll mention is that the australia council's eighty thousand dollar fellowship is closing soon this is one of their flag this is their flagship uh, support program really uh, eighty thousand for a couple of years for established artists so we've got something there for the established artists as well applications close in september the first week of september once again details are on our website 
So that's really it from us for this fortnight. Uh, we look forward to talking with you again in, a, in another fortnight. There'll be a mini masterclass. I should have mentioned that. There is a new mini masterclass at the moment, Kirsty Eager talking about converting her, her young adult novel to screenplay and, uh, and that process. So you can go to our, uh, our podcasts or you can go to Westwards Official on YouTube once again and you'll find her on there. So that's it from us for this fortnight. Stay safe. As I say, please follow the instructions of your local area because uh, it's important that we all remain safe and, and our long-term freedom, which everyone apparently is shouting about, is pretty much dependent on us doing the right thing and making sure that uh, we stay safe. So please stay safe. Take the opportunity to do some creating if you can and uh, make it a happy creating. Bye for now.